up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 131 Podcast. Today is episode 45, but even bigger news. Today is the one-year anniversary of the 131 Podcast. I can't believe it. I can't believe how fast a year has gone, and I can't believe that we've still been doing this for a year, to be honest. Yeah, I'll be honest. I wasn't sure how long this thing was going to last. I thought it was going to be cool for like a couple months and then it was just going to get boring. But it's been, I mean, we weren't even having hockey for the first few months that we did this and we're just trying to put together episodes of just random content. But here we are. And uh, the it begs the question, will we be here next year? I think so. I think you and I both found a new hobby where we can just run our yaps for an hour, but still sounds somewhat intelligent. But I just want to kind of highlight uh, some of the great moments that we've had on the show. We've had a couple NHLers. We've had Blake Belfay and Carl Corzini. We've had Mike Economos, who played in the ECHL. We've had guys on who play EA Sports NHL. The owner of Hockey DB. Yeah, we've had Ralph Slate. And uh, we've had our former coach, Paul Spear, on, who... If you haven't listened to the episode, that's where the name of the podcast came from was when we were playing high school hockey. And uh, it's been a fun ride. We had we had Casey on the show for quite some time and uh, we've had some guests on. We've had uh, some friends that we've known who are in the hockey community and it's been fun. I, I can't say I haven't enjoyed it. We We were working through some weird time zone differences when I was in Japan. You mean it's it's it fluctuates. It could be six hours. It could be 13 hours. Pick your poison. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, like, we wanted to do this. That's why we kept making the weekly timelines. And uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Just some statistics just to be transparent with you all. Uh, we've put out 44 episodes, and we've had over 2,100 plays. Um, can't thank you guys enough for the support. We've, we've created the T-shirts. We've started selling the T-shirts. Uh, we still got a bunch sitting in the basement, and uh, we're trying to get those out. And we've also hosted a bracket challenge from last year. We paid out $300, and we just wrapped up fantasy hockey this season. Uh, we'll get to the winner uh, later on in the show, and we're getting we're getting ready to gear up for the next bracket challenge this season. So it's been great. It's been fun. That's all I can say. It's really been fun doing this. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Uh, it's something you look forward to every week, and it kept us sane during a very, very shitty time, yet we're still going through, but definitely something to look forward to in a in a dark time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the day today that we're recording is actually Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, I can remember, you know, you know, Acorn, your mom, taking you to the rink all the time. I know your dad was the coach, but Donna – you know, being a superwoman, and then obviously the my glue, mom. yeah, the glue. But happy Mother's Day to all the families out there in the world. And I just want to talk about a little bit of history. So back in 2014, we all know him as, you know, the guy, the undrafted guy, Martin St. Louis in the 2014 playoffs. He scored that amazing goal on Mother's Day in the 2014 playoffs against the Penguins. Um, it was actually a day after his mother had passed away. And if you are a hockey fan, you know exactly what goal I'm talking about. And I just wanted to bring that up, especially on a day like today. Yeah, I saw that actually today on Sportsnet. It was, I mean, it's got to be one of the biggest goals in Rangers history. That's always going to be remembered. And I think when you think of Martin St. Louis, that goal is always in the back of your head when you think of him. If you're 
a true hockey fan, but yeah, I, it's still, it's still crazy. I can't believe that was seven years. Uh, so yeah, seven years ago. It's, it's still weird to think that Martin St. Louis was a New York Ranger for a brief time. I know. And that wasn't even like the biggest goal that he scored with the Rangers either. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up a little bit of history, but Ooh, this one year show, man, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack that happened this last week. And, it was uh, a good week of it was a good week of news for hockey, and hockey got a lot of publicity this week. It did, but there's also been some really great games, but you know how it goes at the end of the season. So I guess we'll talk about what's been highlighting the whole week is the Tom Wilson situation. If you haven't seen it, I swear you must have seen it at some point. Someone talking about it. But the situation with Tom Wilson was there was a scrum in front of the net. Uh, Tom Wilson went down. He's on top of Pavel Buchnevich, and he ended up sucker punching him in the head, but he had his helmet on. And then it just caused this whole scrum. And then Artemi Panarin jumps on Tom Wilson's back like a monkey. Yeah. Wilson stands up. They start tussling. And then all of a sudden you see out of, you know, out of the camera somewhere, just Wilson just throw Panarin on the ground without a helmet on and uh wow dude that was yeah that what, was, what are uh, your thoughts on it it's, it's something we haven't seen in the, like this is like 80s 90s 70s hockey like that stuff doesn't really happen anymore in today's game especially with how like strict the rules are and like players don't usually play like that yeah that was pretty fucked up is tom wilson bad for hockey i don't think so should he have been suspended? Yes. A $5,000 max fine was not enough for his actions. But I think we got to get into this whole Rangers situation where they put out a tweet taking a shot at, at George Perros and the De uh, Department of Player Safety as well as just the NHL as a whole. And then they get fined two hundred and fifty grand. the next day. Their president and GM are let go, is let go. And the Rangers hired Chris Jury to replace the the former president GM. I I have a, like a little bit of a theory. I think someone high up in the league had to uh, had to contact Dole and the owner of the Rangers. I, I think there's something there with that the president GM getting fired for that tweet. So if you guys haven't seen the tweet, I have it pulled up. I'll just read it here. So statement from the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for this hor horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions cause an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he's unfit to continue his current role. Yeah, I get I get the Rangers' frustration, but that's not how you're supposed to go about that. I, I don't really know what the right thing is, but that's certainly not the right way. Uh, it was a bad week for the Rangers. This... Them, I mean, getting Chris Jury is this in this position. I think was a good move. I don't know if, I I don't think the president and GM was their role was like on the hot seat. If you're looking at a, a someone within and personnel within their organization that should have been on the hot seat, uh, was uh the coach. Yeah, I think that's where I think that's where they should fire 
So a lot of people are actually, yeah, they, they've been saying that the, if there was someone to get canned, it was definitely the coach. And what, from what I've read is that these incidences aren't, they're not a, they're not related in any sense. So the firing of Davidson and Jeff Gordon, like it's not related to the whole tweet. It's not related to the Tom Wilson situation. They're saying it is that they were underperforming this season. And I don't, and I, I'm just going to call, I'm going to say, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's total bullshit, but we have to get into the next part, the next game. The the fucking they have a line brawl to start the game, which I mean, I, love it, love it. That's awesome. It brings me back to the uh, the the time that the Rangers and the Devils had their line <laughs> brawl that had like Mike Rupp, Brandon Prust. Uh, I'm trying to think of Bernier, other guys. That, Steve yeah, Bernier. yeah. But then, uh, what was I going to say? Then the whole thing with Wilson. I forget who Wilson fought and he beat the shit out of. I mean, I don't think anyone on the Rangers. Uh, no one can beat up Tom Wilson on the Rangers personally. The only one that could actually have gave him a run for his money, they already let go in Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. And they don't, the Rangers, if you look at their roster, like they're not, they don't have any enforcers. They don't have any like big grinders. And I just think that they're vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's tough because you saw suspensions come out that week too. Goss's spare got a suspension and Buchnevich got a suspension. Yeah, that's that where week. I was pissed. I was pissed about the Buchnevich, the Buchnevich one. He shouldn't have been suspended. He should have just got a fine for that. What he did wasn't right. And the whole thing with Mantha, but yeah, if, if you're going to suspend him for that and then the whole Wilson and only fine him, that, that, that's just not, that's, I, I don't know. That's just my two cents. That's not consistent. And yeah. I, I, I did see Sean Avery, put out a video saying that if he was on the team and if that whole Wilson situation would have happened, he would have ran the goalie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you, I mean, if you're the Rangers, you got to do something. Yeah, for sure. A line, a line brawl is not going to do shit, bro. A line brawl is not going to do anything. Yeah. And think about, there's a lot of meat on that Capitals team when you think of like Ovechkin, Wilson, Brendan Dillon. They have a, a like a bigger team. Mantha's a bigger guy. So like, like fuck. That's dude, not the team me, you want to fuck with. Like fuck, dude. Like it begs the question, like, can they run John Carlson when he's going in for a puck in the in you know the zone? Exactly. Like, yeah. But like yeah, this 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 whole situation was a mess, but at least it got hockey more publicity that it it desperately needs. Hockey doesn't get enough for what it what the product is, but I guess at the end of the day, the NHL definitely gained a lot more, uh, probably gained a decent amount of new audience, wouldn't you say? I mean, sure, but is it the type of audience that you can retain? That's true. Like, is That's it qual- is is it? Yeah, sure. They got all the publis- pub uh, pub publicity, but is it? quality retention of of you know viewers that's the big thing yeah i don't know now maybe that's like their expectation where they're trying to see like more drama and that sort of aspect where the league is trying to go to more skill but uh let's transition out of here of this whole ranger situation i think we at the end of the day i think it's fair to say that tom wilson didn't get penalized enough for what he did for his actions but at the end of the day what, what what's done is done and it's we're moving forward but yeah. uh, now, speaking of a former New York Ranger, John Tortorella and uh, the Blue Jackets have uh, mutually agreed to part ways as of last night. 
do you think it was mutual or do you think it's just them trying to be like basically he's fired and they just want didn't want to say they just have terminated him who cares i'm glad he's out yeah do you do you think uh john tortorella lands another job in the nhl i'm sure he will somewhere yeah i wouldn't be surprised if i know this sounds bad if he would take an assistant position with um He's always been very close with Mike Sullivan. If you ever look back at that Rangers team he coached, then he coached with them in Vancouver. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Torts maybe take an assistant role, maybe with the Penguins in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, and that's that's actually like good that you mentioned an assistant role because I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking, okay, he might go for a head coaching job. But I think an assistant might even be better for him because he's out of the spotlight. He still coached the guys, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. You're not handling with him in the press. Like, I I don't know a coach who's milked a ring longer than John Tortorella. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's got a ring. Like, 2000, it's 2004, bro. Like, yeah, that was I get a completely it. Different game. It, like, going back to when Brad Richards joined the Rangers, they were talking about his relationship because when they won the cup together, and he's like, I mean, that was, that was like eight years prior. He's like, everyone's changed in eight years. It's not the same. The game is completely different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way – look at the handling of this year, the whole situation with him and Pierre-Luc Dubois, then Pierre-Luc Dubois getting shipped out to Winnipeg, then Line A coming in, then him giving shit to Line A, and Line A having a horrendous season in Columbus. And just they, – they couldn't stay healthy, and they couldn't get any production from their, their key players. I guess at the end of the day, like, they did get – I felt like they got enough from Jack Roslevic, who they got out of that deal, but still – I'm curious to see who's going to come in into this role with the Blue Jackets. I think Gerard Gallant would be a good transition from torts to him of a hard ass to a player's coach. But I don't know if Gallant's going to want to come in and coach this Blue Jackets team because their team is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I know there's there's always a good, you know, chunk like there's always a good group of coaches in the market. But I mean, yeah. I don't know, man, I had higher expectations for Columbus this season. Yeah, they look. I mean, they looked awesome in that in the bubble. They were getting like guys like Texier, guys you've never even heard of, were pro- like producing and playing phenomenal, like just phenomenal. And then the goaltending they got as well. Yeah, they've they've got a good one in Columbus. They've got a good tandem. Yeah, for sure. That's I, I guess that's the the bright spot right now. And then you still have Seth Jones and Zach Rowenski. Yeah, man, I, two of the best American defensemen today. Yep, that will be future, probably a future pair on that uh, that next Olympic team. So, Liv, we got another uh, another coach mutually agreeing to part ways. We got Rick Tockett out in Arizona with the Coyotes. Your thoughts? I don't know. He should have kept him for another year. I, I, is it the coach? Is it the players? I don't. I don't really watch Arizona. I knew that they were pushing for a playoff spot, and I know they have a lot of young talent. Yeah. But I don't really know where the problem, the root of the problem lies with that that team. Do you? I'll tell I'll tell you where it is. It's the former statistical GM, the the analytical nerd that put them in cap jail basically for the next three years and they really couldn't make any transactions. The whole hall situation blew up in their face. Uh and they just they're they're in a tough spot for the next few years. They do have some bright spots with guys emerging like Connor Garland, Chikrin finally coming into his own. I'd say Darcy Kemper's. I would Dar, Darcy Kemper like is a very good goalie that no one talks about. I know because he's not. He plays for kind of a dog shit team. 
<laughs> in a bad in a bad hockey market. So, yeah, it, it, I, this one surprised me today. I, I didn't expect Tockett to one leave and then agree for him to leave. So that one I had a little bit of a head scratcher, but uh, I'm curious to see who's going to come in and take over this team. I'm just happy that Shane Doan is back within the organization and working in operations. I think that's a good hire. But this team's this team's still a few years away from its final product. I'll say hasn't, that hasn't Tockett been with the team for only like two seasons? Uh four seasons. Four seasons. Okay. Yep. yep. So, um, he the first couple of seasons you saw the growth of the team, and then it kind of the whole thing with the bubble last year. It just hasn't been a. You haven't heard a lot of positives with the Arizona Coyotes, especially from the higher ups especially when they, they, they acquired a new owner and then that whole situation went down. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did have uh they were pushing for a playoff spot, but I think St. Louis clinched that up last night. So that Honda West division is uh, clinched up, yep. but we'll definitely talk about playoff matchups here in a little bit, but let's talk about the headline from last night, McDavid 100 points in 53 games. Uh, and then another headline that was kind of overshadowed by that was Leon Dreisaitl. He got 500 points. Yep. And of course, McDavid assisted that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so I actually tuned into that game specifically because I saw it was three to three and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Cause I know he's going to, and it was literally like yep. five minutes after I tuned in, they were on the five on three and I was like, yep, this is it. Yeah. For, I mean, dude, up. 1.89 points per game right now and there's still three three more games left how many more points can he actually get could he finish with like 100 and 105 106 i mean if you look over his last he's had 16 three-point games this year sorry 17 that's insane this is like crosby crosby and ovechkin haven't put up this kind of numbers this is like lemieux gretzky type points we're talking yeah but I also think it's kind of a weaker division. In a yeah, sense. that's 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 fair. That's fair. I mean, they they did beat Ottawa every single game they played, and they also beat the shit out of them. So, but hey, look, if you look at the other teams in the division, a lot of the teams did not do that well with Ottawa. No, I know, but I think it, I think it comes down to like, I I I just thought that the North was the weakest in terms of like defensemen oh, yeah. and goaltending. Yep. So. I mean, no, it's still a great account. Like, I'm not trying to discredit anything that he's done this season. It's just like, well, yeah, he is the best player in the world, and he got a cake of a division to kind of just tear it up. But still, I mean, not discrediting it. I think, okay, well, would you shut him down, give him some rest for the playoffs, or keep him going is the question I, I, I'd shut him down now. I'd shut him and Dreisaitl down, and I would shut down Nugent Hopkins, and I would probably shut down Darnell Nurse and Mike Smith. I don't know, because some players, they don't like the time off. Yeah, I would put Smith down 100%. He's 39 years old, and you don't need him getting an injury in like the last two games and then him not being able to be healthy in the playoffs. That's where I worry. Yeah. But another, we got to talk about it too. Same, same division, Austin Matthews, 40 goals in 49 games. Jesus Christ. He's probably going to walk away the season with the Rocket Richard. Yeah, for sure. I think so. And we can go kind of use the same like theory with McDavid getting the hundred points with Matthews getting the 40, like the goals. Um, I mean, Matthews, in my opinion, I'll say it. Matthews is probably the best goal scorer right now in the NHL. 
Wow. I know everyone's going to say OV right now. Matt, just look at the, like all the ways Matthew scores. Like he's not a one, like a one trick pony. He, you know, tips pucks. He'll pick up rebounds. He can shoot out from, you know, 60, 50, 60 feet. He can score up in front of the net. I, I feel like he's more versatile in the sense right now than anyone in the league with scoring goals. Yeah, I definitely think like they're two different types, like, they're two different types of shooters, Ovi and Matthews. Ovi, you know, for so many years, he's always caught that clap bomb on the left circle. Whereas Matthews can, they can both do it all, but Ovi is generally from the power play. Yeah. But we, we, I mean, Ovi, my God, so good. It's, it's unreal what he's doing. And like that, he goes on these crazy streaks where he just, he doesn't look like he's going to be in the talks for the, like the most goals. <laughs> and then, he, goes, this, and then he scores like six, he scores goals in like 17 straight. <laughs> and his name's right back in the top three. You're like, Oh shit. It, dude. No, for real. It'll be like Matthews fucking McDavid dry will be up there. And like whoever else. Posternock. Yeah. Posternock. And you're like, Oh, Vetchkin, he's got 17 goals. And there's like, we've played like 38, 40 games. And then he strings together like three hat tricks or like, five yeah, two like, goal you're games like, oh there's Ovi. <laughs> he does that every season bro yeah, he's the man uh dude ho- we gotta get into this florida panthers tampa bay lightning game last night 154 combined penalty minutes it was a <laughs> fucking chaos well i want it, this matchup inject this matchup into my fucking veins for the playoffs well get used to it because this is the matchup i know we got carolina hurricanes win the division and then you got Nashville last night securing that four spot and ultimately ultimately eliminating the Dallas Stars from uh, making the playoffs. That's crazy, dude. I know. I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy to see Carolina win this division because they, they need more. They they don't get enough credit for how good of a team they are. And like guys like Sebastian Ajo, Svechnikov, Teravine, and Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin. Like these guys are studs. I know. It's finally time to give Carolina the credit that they deserve. I mean, everyone's been kind of discounting them, but they also ran into the Bruins last season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then, and they lost, didn't they lose? They, they didn't have Dougie. They lost Mrazic too. Yeah. Remember James Reimer was in that game. He, he He's done his career against the Boston Bruins has been a real success. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Check out yeah. his goals against and his save percentage. It's great. Yeah. He, I'd sign him to a fucking huge extension right now if I had him. But yeah, dude, that Florida Tampa Bay matchup, that's going to yeah. be. Can, can Barkov shut down Stamkos and Cooch? That's going to be the question. I guess that is the question because they are going to come back. They're going to get back right in time for the playoffs. Yeah. Ooh, dude, I don't know. Like on my bracket challenge, I don't know who I'm going to pick for this one. Uh, I might, I'm going to take Florida. I might take the the cup experience over. That's true. I know. I know. That's I, I, I for some reason I would love to see Florida knock off Tampa. It's gonna be a great series regardless. Oh, for sure. Uh but yeah, that was that game was awesome. A lot I mean, there's some hatred right now between the two teams, and that's a hundred percent gonna transition over into the playoffs. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fucking wild. Uh, one team we need to talk about, I, I would say right now, is the hottest team in hockey, Pittsburgh Penguins. And they just got back Evgeny Malkin. Dude, I've been saying it. 
all season. The Penguins are the quietly one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, they uh, they end up securing last night the first spot in the Mass Mutual East. Uh, right behind them, you have uh, the Washington Capitals, the New York, sorry, Washington Capitals. Uh, the Bruins are in the third spot, and then you have the Islanders in the fourth spot. Right now, it looks like it looks like it's you know Pittsburgh's got the one, Washington's got the two, but are you good? This could be interesting. Could the Islanders leapfrog the Bruins for that three spot? And if you're the Islanders or the Bruins, who do you want to play? Washington well, I mean, or Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, here's the thing: you pick the Islanders get to pick their own destiny, like if they want, like and the Bruins, like the Bruins can lose their last couple games. Yeah, I mean, no matchup is set in this division yet because yeah, the only kicker is um, Islanders have one game left and the Bruins have two. So the Bruins could lose both of them. The Islanders could win one, jump, and that's true. Yeah. Because okay, you know what this reminds me of? The 2015 playoffs where the Islanders ended up as the sixth seed and they ended up playing Florida, but they could have won and played somebody else. And yep. they actually chose to lose so that they would get the better matchup. Yeah. So you gotta think that, you know, some teams might be like. They might want to lose. They might want a different matchup. Like That's the Islanders true. might want the Pittsburgh matchup. Yeah. That is, that is, that is uh, very interesting. Uh, I wouldn't want to play Pittsburgh right now. God, dude. Boston versus Washington. Oh. Ooh. A little, a little – uh, do you think Tom Wilson will make some noise in that, uh, in that uh, matchup? Oh, you already know. Yeah. You already know. You know that he's throwing like a flying elbow at Pasternak or, or Marshan or Bergeron. Yeah, dude. But I mean, like Boston's been such a hot team lately. Yep. And good news to the Bruins. They're getting Brandon Carlo back. That's good. They, they've been missing him. Yeah. I mean, that, that Hall Krejci Smith line has probably been the best line in hockey since the deadline. I know. Oh, I saw this the other day. Jakob Zaboral. He has like 10 apples on the season. Wow. Dude's actually he, producing. He's playing better than Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> and Zach Senishin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that, uh those are like the, just the thing about those matchups are it's awesome. I I'm I'm getting so ready for this uh this playoffs. I, I don't know why, but I'm I'm like extra excited. I think it's because the Oilers are actually in. <laughs> They'll get a good matchup this year. Yeah, but Let's uh let's talk about. I know we're gonna transition away a little bit here for a second with uh from the NHL, dude. That Canada U18 team just won the the U18 championships in Texas, dude. Connor Bedard, oh my god! All right, all right. I I didn't see every game, but I did see the one highlight where he like toe dragged it and he like the backhand. Yeah, he backhand like top corner, dude. I was like, what the fuck, dude? He's 15 years old. <laughs> Yeah, he had 14 points in seven games at at the international level. Like, and he was also two a two point per game average player in those 15 games he played in the Western Hockey League for the, the Regina Pats. So, this kid, I mean, they have this kid, and then Shane Wright, who's the captain. These two kids are two players you got to keep your eyes on because they're probably going to be the number one overall picks in their respective drafts. So Connor Bedard is the Trevor Lawrence of hockey. The yeah, he's the next McDavid essentially. When you look at 
you knew who he was at 15, 14, 15 years old. He was granted exceptional status. Yeah, very similar. Good, 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 uh, good comparative to football, I guess. Tre- Trevor Lawrence. And Bedard's getting more fucking publicity than Wright is. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, he's he's produced more at a younger age, so um, I think he's more of a highly touted prospect, but that's nothing to take away from Shane Wright of how good of a player he is. And, I mean, they knew he was going to be the number one overall pick in the OHL draft. And uh, when he's coming out of, I believe he played for the Don Mills Flyers, which is like one of those teams that that greater Toronto Metropolitan League that, mcdavid played in there's that them and then there's like the toronto team that's really good but yeah this kid's special and definitely someone you want to keep keep an eye on for the next couple of years before he tur- uh gets drafted at 18 what's the cutoff for the the 20 team the u20 team he he will probably make the world junior team next this upcoming team would you be could my guess. you could play when you're 16 right yes i think you can technically play at 15 I, I might be wrong on that. We'll have to double check. But yeah, I, Shane Wright was like the last cut for this last World Junior team that had, what, 20 first round picks on it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would expect Connor Bedard to be on that Canada World Junior team, would be my guess. As a six, dude, that's like four years of eligibility for that team. And he'll probably still be one of the best players in the tournament. <laughs> it, it, it's unreal. He. When I see him, I see so much of like the the Nathan McKinnon with like the right handed shot, the shot the shot with the speed. It's a little different than McDavid. It's more like McKinnon when I see it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I can definitely see that comparison. They have like similar skating styles too. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think too, just the the right handed shot is what I see too. But uh, we talked about this last week. Um, Ryan Miller played in his final game last night very very emotional uh scene with him and his parents when he got off the ice and was in his like his regular clothes and i can't believe his career is coming to an end i I still remember i mean we talked about this last episode ryan miller in the buffalo days when he was a stud it uh it wasn't easy for him and uh that looking back at his career 100 percent a u.s hall of famer i he's on the i wouldn't say on the cusp but he's uh, there's too many better players that are, need to get in first for him to get in. I agree. He'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Not now. It's going to be a few years, like you said, because there's yeah. still guys waiting, like Daniel Alfredson. Fucking. There's so many good players that aren't in yet that are like, holy shit, how are they not in? How? Okay, just a quick like off topic. What is your What are your thoughts on like guys like? like the builders and like the owners like getting in and shit like that. I don't think they should be in. They don't, I mean, yeah, they're oh, owners should not be in. You just have money that you, they spend of your own. Like, like Ken I, Holland went in as a builder. Yeah. GMs I think should go in more than owners. Owners should not go in. Why is G- Gary Bettman should not be in the hall of fame right now. <laughs> <laughs> like Gary Bet, I, I'm sorry, going on a tangent here, but it really pissed me off that they had Gary Bettman took away like the spotlight of Willie O'Ree getting into the Hall of Fame. That Fuck. like pissed me off because Willie O'Ree 100% deserved so much more of like, like it being like a, an honor and like an, an announcement. And then they had fucking Bettman that kind of like stole his like his time. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Hey, two lockouts, but going, I, I know we went on a little bit of a, 
a long-winded tangency there, but Ryan Miller, uh, congrats on an awesome career. I wonder what he's going to do post uh, hockey. I wonder if he's going to stay in the game, maybe in like management or like coaching. I, I could see that. Sabres goalie coach because they fucking yeah. need it. Yeah. I mean, look at like Roberto Luongo right now is the GM for the the hockey championships for Team Canada. I wonder if you see Miller do something with the U.S. or U.S. hockey as a whole or something like that. I would love to see him go coach like international or like even like the the national development program. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I feel like he's, I mean, him at Michigan State was so good. I was like looking at his stats last night. Unreal. <laughs> I like think of him and like uh another goalie is Marty Turco, their careers in college. Yep, Marty Turco. His fucking gold pads. But anyway, uh let's talk about a guy who also hit a milestone last night, Phil Kessel. My god, that fucking picture. If you ask somebody what he did for a living, <laughs> dude, that picture was so funny. And I was like, man, he needs another cheeseburger. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. The guy, like, it, it's it's unreal that, like, when you look at his body and then you see, like, this guy is one of the fastest skaters in the <laughs> NHL. Like, what the fuck? It, like, it's like, Ma- look at Mac Wilson or Mac Jones on the his picture of the Patriots. <laughs> Looks like a bag of milk, but. Can- yeah, dude. Uh, and, like. I've heard from like like just listening to other podcasts like Gary Roberts who train who he trains or who trains Phil Kessel says like this guy is like you don't realize how strong he is and like how in shape he is just just as despite him aesthetically looking like a a washed up <laughs> bag of milk. <laughs> it's fucked, but hey, Kessel, I mean, one of the best like it, it is crazy to see that he's still doing this. I when he left Boston, I really wasn't sure how his career was gonna go. And then in Toronto, it, like him and the media just went at it. But then his his career changed with Pittsburgh. Dude, he still has one of the best wrist shots of ever, or snapshot. Yeah, he he looks like he uses like a sixty flex stick. Dude, he's he's not that tall either. No, no. And I still I I still believe they're painted different. He still uses the S nineteen. But anyways. Let's uh, move on to another guy. This guy's a rookie, Tim Stutzel. He got his first NHL hat trick against Winnipeg last night. And believe it or not, the Senators are not in last place. They're actually ahead of Calgary. I know. Ottawa, like, Ottawa has been, like, undercover. Like, the last, like, 15 to 20 games have looked a lot better. It, it, I mean, look at, look at that nucleus of team, like, Look at, you know, Brady Kachuk, who's probably the next captain, Shabbat, Stutzel, Josh Norris, your boy, Drake Batherson. They, they've got Shane Pinto coming, Jacob Bernard, who's on the team now, Jacob Bernard Docker. This team has a lot of bright spots coming. Like, the next three years, Ottawa's going to be very good. Yeah, they, they're they 8-1-1 and one in their last 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Ottawa, like, I, I have a lot of respect that they haven't given up, and I think that speaks to, like, the – the core of their team like they're not just like selling it in you know what's crazy is like it's such a young team but if you go back like five six seven years of how old that team was yeah you had like alfredson gonchar spezza bobby ryan bobby uh, uh what's it called um craig anderson craig anderson eric carlson was like young uh 
you had a young Mike Hoffman. Um, John JG Pajot was coming into the league. You had the Hamburglar. Uh, who else was on the team? Mark Mathot. <laughs> Clark Clark MacArthur. <laughs> uh, what was his name? Not MacArthur. Uh, I forget. Fuck, I forget it. But anyways, like that's so crazy. Like how much a team can change if like nobody is still on that roster except maybe I don't even know if anybody. No, yeah, I'd say Pajot was the last one. Like yeah, Curtis man. Lazar's not there anymore. Um, yeah, the team. It's, it's crazy to think how different the centers have. Chris Neal. Chris Neal. Uh, Chris Phillips. Uh, I had one more guy in mind, but anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, man, you couldn't have said it any better. Like they have not given up, and they've actually like kind of spoiled like you know some teams from maybe like wanting to like be in a higher playoff spot or not yeah so now looking at i just want your opinion i i did see this uh it was a like a you know a poll which team was the most up like who was the most disappointing team in the nhl this year and i want your answer and then i'll give mine all right so i'm gonna pick between i'm just gonna list them out there so philly Buffalo, and then I think Calgary, Calgary, Vancouver. I'm gonna stop right there. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Philly. Yeah, that's my answer too. I would put Van- Vancouver. Yes, but they had a lot of issues with injuries. Then the whole COVID shutdown. They almost didn't play for a month. And I'd put right behind them the Calgary Flames. I know, man. They uh, it, it begs the question: What there's going to have to be some huge off-season changes for both organizations. Looking at Philly, I don't think you're going to see either one or two. You're not going to see Giroux or Voracek back on the team at, coming this year. I think you might see a new captain in, in Philly. I'd see Voracek going first before Giroux, yeah, but Giroux does have more of like a, a sweet, like more of like a higher value for trade. And if he were to be traded, who would you put as the next captain for the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, someone on the defensive. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Couturier. I'd give it, yeah. I'd put Couturier as probably the captain, and then you have Provorov and Hayes as, like, the assistants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. I would pick the same thing. Um, Calgary, I'm curious. Like, is Sutter really the answer? I know they already signed him to like a three-year extension, so I don't think they're going to get rid of him immediately, but I don't think you're going to see Johnny Goudreau back on the Philadelphia, or the Calgary Flames. Well, if you're talking about the Flyers, then a Voracek Goudreau trade. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't think you're going to see – I did see that Lucic gave up his, his rights that he could be picked up by Seattle in the expansion. I'd assume you won't see Lucic back on the Calgary Flames. I totally forgot uh... – some some guys might be going to Seattle. That's yeah. That's another another one. Is <laughs> I wonder who mind. the Flyers protect. But yeah, I think uh, we gotta we gotta transition over now to our favorite topic of the episode. Who do you got trending up, Lib? I've got Alexi Lafreniere. Ooh, I like that one. I haven't really so, kept much tabs on him, but I did see that. I've seen the points like the last five or ten. Yeah, he's been playing really well lately, and I think he's finally shaken off the the bust narrative. Yep. I, he's I, uh, he's I, played so much better at the end of the season. Yeah, 
I also might take a New York Rangers mind. I'm going to go with Adam Fox. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about him a lot lately. Not not on the podcast, but like off air. Just like this guy is definitely going to be on the next Olympic team, and he could probably possibly, if not, win the Norris this season. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we we need to do uh, an episode of uh, just our final uh, end of the season awards. Yeah, we we have to we have to do playoff matchups and then definitely end of the season awards. But who is your player trending down? I'll give you my trending down. Okay. Kyle Connor, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I haven't heard much of him lately. Uh, no points in the last five games. He's probably even had haven't had any more. I have to expand his uh his last couple games, but the Winnipeg Jets have struggled. They have struggled coming into the playoffs. Yeah, I I'm I'm very concerned for them. I know they're they're supposed to get Nikolai Ehlers back, but I I still very concerned with that team. I really don't think they're going to end up uh end up doing much. I think they're going to be out in the first round. Player trending down that I'm going to go with and I I hate doing this is Tyler Johnson. He still plays. <laughs> yeah, he still plays, not really doing much. He does have 22 points this season, but he hasn't really done much the last few games, so and I'd say the last 10 or 15, I'd assume he's, you'll see him on the Seattle team once the expansion hits, because they've tried trading him numerous times <laughs> and no one wants that contract. It's a good call right there. Good call. All right, buddy. I got a trivia question for you and it's about, okay. it's about the Calder trophy. Okay. Yeah. Ready for it. Mm-hmm. All right. In 2002-2003, this player won the Calder Memorial Trophy with just 19 points on the season. So 2003 Calder season? Yep, so 02-03 that season. 19 points. Hmm. I'm going to go that's a defenseman. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking... It actually stunned me, and then I I proceeded to look it up why he won this. All right, buddy, time's up. Is it Mark Mathot? No, it's Barrett Jackman of the St. Louis Blues. I forgot about him. He actually had like a a longer career than I like. I thought he actually had. Damn, that's a good. That was like that stumped me bad. I I totally forgot about Barrett Jackman, and I didn't know like he played that long. Now I'm so, just looking at his hockey DB. So the finalists for that Calder Trophy was Rick Nash and Henrik Zetterberg and Barrett Jackman. <laughs> so two Hall two uh, Hall of Famer and Henrik Zetterberg, a potential Hall of Famer in Rick Nash, and then him. <laughs> yep, I hey, dude, just, I I said the same thing. I was like, wait. Barrett Jackman, and I mean, uh, just remember Andrew Raycroft won a Rookie of the Year. He did. Yeah, he did. Who who's who's worse, his or Steve Mason? Uh, let me look at the statistics real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Steve Mason's was worse. Steve Mason was so good that first year with Columbus. <laughs> Steve Mason went 33 and 20 uh, 
and he had a 2.29 goals against and a 916 save percentage. Raycroft had he went 29 and 18. He had a 2.05 goals against and a 926 save percentage. And then the only other goalie in the last 20 years was Evgeny Nabokov. <laughs> yes. But I think it's time to wrap this show up. This is a lot of fun, Lib. Um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be recording while I'm in Aruba. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Sorry I couldn't make it. Uh, you know, military fucking me over. Sp- special shout-out to my brother who's getting married this week. Uh, yeah, special shout-out to Adam. Yeah, you're not you're not the best fantasy player, but you're gonna be a good husband. He's gonna be a good husband, and if you guys didn't know, Adam is actually the one who created the intro, the intro music that you always hear every week for the for the podcast. So thank you very much, Adam. Yeah, Adam, congratulations to you and Jess. But let's just finish the show off with the fantasy championships. So. In first place in the first annual play, uh, fantasy playoff is Mike Sullinger. It actually was a tie. Him and Mitch both tied at five to five, but uh, Mike had the tiebreaker um, for this league. So, Mike, congratulations. You just stole everyone's money. 300 big ones coming your way. I've already sent the money to you, but I just want to say thank you to everyone who played this season. Um, definitely, definitely a lot better than we've done in the past. So thank you. And if you want to hop in on our bracket challenge, uh, please let us know. I'm starting to gather all the emails for that. And we'll also do a $25 buy-in as well. Congratulations, Mike. Sneaky, sneaky good season. Yeah. Let's just reel off your team real quick. So Jordan Stahl, Marcheseau, Joel Erickson Eck, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Beauvillier, McCann, Evander Kane, Andre Burkowski, Jeff Carter, Hakinpa, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that, Jacob Chikrin, Rasmus Ristolainen, Mackenzie Wieger, Mitch Marner, Duclair, Pesci, Burns, and you had Ovechkin. And then your goalies, Igor Shesterkin, Mike Smith, and Robin Leonard. Damn. Undercover team. A lot of good undercover players in that roster. I would say, like, the biggest ones, like, you definitely got the help of Carter down the stretch. Wegar blocks a ton of shots. He's probably – he's he, per uh, elite prospects, he's ranked as the most underrated defenseman in the NHL. <laughs> Bjorkstrand, Beauvillier, Marchessault. You had Ovechkin, Marner, Mike Smith. Mike Smith played phenomenal this season. Leonard was good at some points. Shesterkin, eh okay season but still like you win fantasy with a team like that like you're not like like my team i had the most points in the league in the regular season and i didn't i came in like ninth tenth place and then you came in first place but your guys were all fucking hurt yeah so yeah man this was a good one good way to wrap up the one year episode uh definitely looking forward to the next year so thank you all for listening. Thank you for taking your time to listen to us. You run our yaps for an hour. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye, guys.